0: Hello, my name's Tim.
1: I'm Axiom. And I'm Herfie Durfie.
0: And this is Go Mode, a link to the past Randomizer podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us for episode one. How are you guys doing today?
2: I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about Randomizer. How about yourself, Herf?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good myself. Uh, ready to get this going. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, let's jump right
0: into news to get things started. And first little bit of news, I guess. Uh... Link to the Past randomizer has a podcast about it now.
1: Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's a big piece of news. <laughs> yeah, I would say so definitely. And uh... yeah,
0: yeah. So um, the three of us uh, basically just wanted to get together, and um, you know, we've we've all been in the community for for a little while now. And I'm a big fan of podcasts. I know you guys are too. Maxie um, and I have talked about it in depth, uh, you know, different podcasts we listen to, and thought. Uh, randomizers should definitely have a podcast and so uh, here we are and um, if you want a little bit more info about what uh, go mode is uh, we did put up an episode zero so be sure to check that out Uh, goes into a little bit of background of who we are uh, kind of how the episodes are going to be uh, set up Um, so yeah we're excited to get started Um, so that's first little bit of news Uh, one thing that we do want to talk about uh, probably the most uh, pressing matter is uh, get into the recently ended 2018 uh, spring tournament, although it's well past the end of summer now at this point. But uh, first off, shout outs, GG, not not even GG, congratulations to the man, Andy. What did you guys think of Andy's performance throughout this tournament?
2: Oh, I mean, well, Andy is always an entertaining watch. I mean... I don't think I've ever seen an Andy race where I've been disappointed and the way he performed all tournament, it's, it's just very impressive. I'm major, major congratulations to him. It was a real treat to watch him play through all those seeds.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I mean, with Andy, you kind of know what to expect. Uh, I, I think I'm a little bit the the bitter, old, grumpy man on the side here because I think he's so good that it's almost getting a little bit boring always seeing <laughs> yeah. the same three or so people on the top at the at the end of a tournament. But you know, he definitely deserved the win by how he played. I I, I this
0: might this might upset some listeners, but I'm going to liken the man to LeBron James right now. Uh, because it's just like, it's to the point, he is so good that you just can't help but be like, wow, you know, like, there are a lot of people out there who might hate on LeBron, but nobody can deny those stats, you know, like the the game that he puts up at the end of the day is, is undeniable. And, and that's how I feel when I watch Andy, I, I learn more about randomizer watching Andy play than definitely than probably any other runner, for sure.
2: Yeah, that, I would follow. I would definitely agree with that. But uh, I guess the question is, if Andy is the LeBron, who is the Michael Jordan?
0: Oh man, um, well, it would probably be <laughs> <I don't> not <know>. Durfee. <laughs>
2: yeah, right.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, Randomizer might be a little too young for that. He he might be the Michael Jordan to somebody in the future's LeBron. That's what I'll say.
2: I I think that's a good,
1: good thought. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably get behind that.
0: (laughs) Cool. Uh, Well, again, shout outs to Andy. Uh, Congratulations. Well-deserved victory. Um, Also shout outs to, to all of our finalists. And really, I would say from, you know, top 32 down and a lot of the Swiss, uh, just a lot of really good matches. Um, You know, a lot of familiar names in terms of tournaments that we've seen in the past. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of people who really kind of separated themselves um, and, and kind of burst onto the scene, um, specifically shout outs to Pink Kitty Rose, uh, a lot of really entertaining races to watch. Um, I felt uh, all, all of the matches that she participated in, um, she, for those of you who haven't seen any of those, she uh, really likes to kind of experiment with routing. And, you know, I think a lot of us kind of see our first... 10 to 15 minutes or so of, of a randomizer seat going a certain way. And we have all of our checks. She really kind of turns that on its head and, and she will find really creative and, um, frankly, faster ways to check a lot of these, th- thing, you know, uh, spots. And it, it's really impressive. So shout out to her as well. Um, and, you know, Zero Rush, uh, Hippo, everybody who, who made it up to the end. Uh, definitely shout outs to them. Do you guys have any other thoughts to add about um, just kind of the 2018 tournament sort of wrap all that up?
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to, if we had a chance, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite matches and give mm, it a recommend yeah. and tell people to check it out. So this, I'm going to try not to spoil too much, but it's Zero Rush versus ACMLM, two runners I really enjoy watching. And it's game three in their round of 32 match. So you already know it's winner go home. And my thought that I want to share with this one is definitely go and check this out because Go Mode night might not be what you think it is. It's uh, got a little bit of a an M Night Shyamalan twist to it.
0: <laughs> and when you say go mode, you mean the go mode of this match, not the go mode podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. Just, we, we just gotta be so we got be so clear. So, mm-hmm.
2: no. Yeah. Now I don't know if <laughs> did either of you two watch uh, watch this one.
0: I cannot remember if I've seen this one actually. So uh, I, I think I'll have I to did. check this one out. And, yeah, I'll have to check this one out and, and, and check back in the next episode and let you know my thoughts.
2: Yeah, the uh, the commentators were great too, and the commentators on this were uh, were Mentos Man Eight and oh boy, I'm gonna probably butcher the name here, but R D W A L S H V. I don't know if that's what they prefer to go by, but they did a really great job of building the hype on this one.
0: Very cool. Yeah, speaking of favorite episodes, um, Herfie, what was your favorite episode? Her, ep- I keep saying episode. What was your favorite match <laughs> from this last tournament? Uh,
1: well, definitely one that's very far up there was the Zero Rush versus Andy game three uh, from the round of 16. Oh, yes. yeah. that yes. uh, it, has a, it also has a very interesting ending. Uh, all I'm really going to say, I mean, at this point, it's kind of famous, maybe infamous, mm-hmm. but... Um, All I'm going to say, which is kind of spoilery, I guess, is that it's uh, despite being a game three, it is not the go home game for either of these guys. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Even
0: if you know, this is one. So I'm really big on I love to go in as unspoiled as I can. And that's not just randomizer, but like movies, TV, like everything in my life, even knowing the outcome to this one ahead of time. Um, which you probably guessed by now, but you should still go watch it, because the execution and the back and forth is uh, it's, it's a, a clear highlight of the tournament and definitely one I'd recommend everybody check out.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I also got spoiled on the ending of this one. I was on vacation when it happened, and I, and I think it was at 11 o'clock or midnight or so, pulled up my phone and found the VOD on Twitch because I needed to watch it, and it was definitely worth it even knowing how it ended.
0: Okay, yeah, let's actually talk about that for a second, because there was a little bit of, uh, I feel, not controversy, that's probably too strong of a word, but the reason that I knew how that uh, race went down is because I got an everyone notification in the Discord that said yeah, something that's about... Yeah, that's how I knew too. Yeah, that said something about Game 4, and it was like, well, I, I guess something must have happened in this Game 3, you know? So, again, it's not a big deal, because you still should go and watch it, but... Uh, you Know Discord, you got to be careful with that everybody button. You always got to be careful when you're summoning every single person yeah, absolutely. in the channel. <laughs> so, yeah, but re- yeah, definitely a good one for me. Um, there was one that was in the Swiss rounds, and uh, we we did uh check this out real quick before the episode just to make sure that we had the info. Let me pull it up here. It was uh, it was Vitasia versus uh, Cruel C R R O O L, was in the Swiss rounds. And um, this one I don't want to say too much about because i I really just want everyone to go check it out and we'll we'll put a uh, link in the description. but um they end up getting bottlenecked in a way that I've never seen in any other seed and what they're asked to do in order to find progression is uh <laughs> it's absurd it's, it's, it's really crazy. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean, this one i I could have sworn I didn't they m- message one of the admins to ask if they had somehow broken the logic and gotten, oh, like, had, incompletable seed
0: i hadn't heard that but it I, I think that me. happened <laughs> <laughs> i do know in the interview one of them uh for sure I, I honestly can't remember who but one of them came on to you know interview chat and was like they need to fix that that shouldn't be allowed
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh i would say it's definitely a one-of-a-kind seed as far as i'm aware anyways
0: yeah so definitely go check that out um And again, to anyone who participated in the tournament, I didn't enter at the time, you know, when when it was time to enter, I didn't feel like I was going to be good enough. And and I was right because I've gotten a lot better since then. And I'm I'm looking forward to entering in in, uh, future tournaments. But just shout outs to anybody who just puts their name out there, um, you know, and and, uh, streams for sometimes, you know, hundreds of viewers for the first time. I know that's. Really nerve wracking, and just shout outs to anybody who participated. And uh, if you didn't get into this one like me, you know, check check out the next one. I'm look forward to seeing you there. Yeah.
2: Speaking of the next one, there is one that just started and is going on right now. The summer tournament. Would you uh, Would you guys like to hear about it? I've got some of the, the info we can talk about.
0: Yeah. There's there's some pretty exciting uh, news for um, especially for some of those top tier players uh, in terms of yeah. what they're what they're going to be looking at. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this is the. Uh, Link to the Past Randomizer Summer Tournament. It just got started. Uh, the first qualifier was on August 6th, and qualifiers run through August 29th. And there is a cash prize for this one, folks. So if you are on the fence, uh, I would suggest hopping in on this one. It could be your big break.
0: So, and, you know, you, that's cool. You know, you're good at the game. You go win, I don't know, 50 bucks uh, 100 bucks, you know. I mean, oh, oh that's no. That's
2: nice, right? No. So the entire prize pool is a a whopping seventy-five hundred dollars, four thousand to the winner, two thousand to second, one thousand to third, and five hundred dollars to fourth place.
0: Four thousand dollars to the winner. That is 500 correct. Five hundred for fourth place. So, by being the uh, runner-up after third place, you get five hundred dollars. That you do. Wow. So
2: get in on those qualifiers now. Um, there's going to be 24 different qualifier races, and everybody needs to play at least four, or not at least four, sorry, exactly four uh, of their choice, or they won't be able to qualify. So um, you can check that out. It's on speedgaming.org backslash summer, and that'll have all the details and Discord and rules. So if you guys are out there listening to this and have not signed up, do so i am in the list i just need to find some times that i can make some qualifier runs happen
0: that's awesome um yeah so we'll be looking forward to getting more information on that as it as it
1: comes up Uh, i do have a couple of thoughts on this tournament and uh the cash prizes in particular
0: yeah yeah no i think it's a really valid topic and i think it's something that um you know it a few episodes down the road, uh, definitely something you can look forward to. That sort of stuff is definitely the kind of stuff we want to get into when we're covering the community and um, you know just some of the uh, you know growing pains that might come up and, and history of the community and stuff like that. So uh, definitely valid, definitely the kind of stuff we're going to get into um, in the interest of uh, trying not to have too long of a first episode here. Let's do move on to, uh, in addition to announcing a summer tournament, the uh, administrators of uh, this randomizer community have also announced a fall tournament. So, uh, Herf, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah,
1: I can talk a little bit about that. I'll just, uh, we'll, we'll give you guys a link to the tournament document in the description or uh, further down in the, in the additional information, just so you can check it out yourself. I'll try to go over the most important points uh, a little quicker. Um, first of all, an important distinction to make is the cash prize summer tournament is currently put on by Speed Gaming, which is not directly related to all the tournament admins, which are putting on Mm -hmm. the upcoming fall tournament. So there, you know, there's overlap in the admin people, I would say, but uh, there's, it's organized by two different entities, if you want to call it that.
0: I'm glad you're here to <laughs> clarify stuff like that. Yeah. Because to someone like my, myself, who's really just mostly a, a viewer, it, it's really hard to tell where they're coming from, you know, or like who's yeah. responsible for them. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I thought that was like important and also informative to bring up because, Definitely. you know, there's a lot of overlap with people like Sakura Tsubasa who works for speed gaming, but is also a tournament admin. So she's kind of in both. And a lot of people like that exist, that they're involved in both in like an admin or a staff capacity in some way. But it's actually like the money tournament is completely on speed gaming side. So all the the idea and the organization and who is letting who in and who's letting who commentate and all that stuff uh, comes from Fiesel and Sakura and all the people that work for Fiesel. And the fall tournament that I'm finally going to talk about now uh, is organized (laughs) by the tournament admins that we all know and love, you know, uh, Willard, VTOR, CarCad.
0: The, the same folks that uh, put on the Spring Tournament. Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, and this is uh, isn't this intended to be the showcase tournament for the new V30? Uh,
1: that is definitely the hope, <laughs> I would say. Uh, as far as I know, you know, as it always is with uh, software development, you can't guarantee anything. But I think it's supposed to, you know, kind of release or start uh, at the same time, maybe a little before the tournament and the qualifiers actually starts. Uh, So to actually go into detail a little bit, uh, it is going to be a tournament starting on Monday, the 1st of October. There's going to be qualifiers which lead into a group stage and then into a single elimination bracket. And uh, to keep it a little more interesting, the admins decided to, instead of using just one specific game mode for the whole tournament, uh, we can customize, or the players are able to customize their matches in different ways. Uh, I think this is an important point to go over in a little bit of detail, just so you guys know which modes and what customization you can get. Definitely. Yeah, I'd like to know more. So um, the goal you can set to defeat Ganon or all dungeons, you can set it to standard or open. You can get a randomized sword or a mode. Uh, the difficulty you can choose between normal and hard mode. Uh, and the variations are none, retro, inverted, key sanity and enemizer. But uh, as, is already, as we were talking about earlier, inverted will only be included if it's released and stable in time. So, uh, you know, even if you get a V30 inverted might not be a thing. And if uh, none of these words that I just said meant anything to you, uh there's a a website that you can check out that tim can probably tell you more about and b we'll uh, go into more detail about that as we talk more about the tournament and we get closer to it actually starting
0: yeah absolutely quick shout out randoguide.com check it out y'all um that's that's a website i made it just kind of defines terms and stuff Uh, thanks for the shout out but um so what do you guys think about this I, i think you know Personally, for me, when we get into a tournament, you know, for, for a long time, you know, the last fall tournament was the standard tournament. And you, or I'm sorry, the open tournament. And I got so used to watching these runners just be able to go wherever they want at the beginning. Then I got really used to the standard, which is the one we just wrapped up, where this, you know, start is Castle Escape uh, every time for the first six minutes. And it gives people time to really develop the metagame for for those sorts of things. You know, where where can I really maximize my time, and, and where should I do, where should I go, et cetera, et cetera. So, with the formats changing as much as they are, do you think we're going to see, you know, maybe at the higher levels, like a lot of kind of psych out picks and players who are more experienced, kind of really kind of making it a, as difficult as possible on their opponents?
2: I mean, if I was a, a very experienced player, not that I, I have years of experience or anything like that, but I would definitely be slamming that hard button as much as I can. Um yeah. Especially, I you know, if I had played a lot of Animizer or Key Sanity, I would hit that too because it's going to throw people off. Um, in terms of defeat Ganon or all dungeons, maybe that's the pick. If you're a newer player, you can say, "Look, I'm I know that it might be harder, or there might be keys all over the place." I'm going to have us clear all dungeons rather than having to figure out GT so that you don't have to worry about Pendant versus Crystal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, the the thought of not having to do Ganon at the end uh, is definitely appealing to me just because it illuminates something that, you know, for uh, newer players is, is a lot more difficult. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah.
1: What I, I, I think there's a good choice in there for everyone and um, from the people that I've talked to in the community and that have talked about this, uh, this document and how everything is going to work out in the format of the tournament, um, I, I definitely know a bunch of people who have already complained, for example, that uh, there's not uh, an entrance shuffle option in the variation that you can choose. Because and... they did
0: get, re- they removed some of the really difficult ones. Mm-hmm. You know, insane difficulty, entrance randomizer, traditionally considered to be pretty difficult to keep track of. So so they've sort of taken out some of the higher level ones to kind of hopefully balance things out, you think?
1: Yeah, I I think the, the goal behind it was to make it more, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording a little bit, but... Uh, the the whole idea behind it was, playing the same game mode and the same thing over and over again for a month on end is kind of boring for both the players and the viewers. So being able to switch it up like this uh, makes it a little more interesting for both sides. Uh, the problems that arise with that, as you guys were saying, is uh, you can definitely make some counter picks or make it difficult for your opponent or something like that, if you want to.
2: Right. I mean, you could even say, look, I know I, I personally would hate doing, um, you know, swordless mode. But if I know my opponent is not very experienced in doing swordless, I might just pick it to give myself a leg up because they're not going to know perhaps until the game starts. That, oh, by the way, you're swordless.
0: I, I think at the end of this tournament, we will end up with the best randomizer player hands down if they're going to be able to beat all of these different game modes in races against other people um then that it is a good way to figure out who's the best absolutely yeah i almost you know you had mentioned uh her the you know it's more interesting for the viewers to mix it up i gotta be honest i don't watch a whole lot of of key sanity or endimize or entrance randomizers or enemy randomizers um i kind of like to just stick to that base game a, a lot of the time so I, for me personally, that's almost kind of, I think I'll be picking and panning these races a little bit more in favor of kind of the, the modes that I enjoy a bit more.
1: Uh, I Yeah, I can see that. And I, and I understand where you're coming from. But I think them being sprinkled in like this probably gets people a little, you know, makes it a little more accessible for people. Instead of a whole tournament that's just key sanity, animizer craziness where you're like, okay, I don't understand what's happening here. I'm not watching this anymore. If you're watching like a standard and an open seed and then you're watching a swordless seed and then you're getting a key sanity one or an animizer one or an inverted one. Then you're like, all right, sure, I'll give it a shot. I'll I'll check it out. and Maybe you like it and maybe you kind of start getting the idea like you did when you started watching Randall for the first time and, you know, it grows on you. Yeah,
2: and I think in excluding the more challenging modes or or less accessible modes like Entrance Randomizer, which I have played Entrance Randomizer, it is, uh, I mean, I think everybody should give it a try at least once to say you've done it. But It is really
0: uh, fun to play, but watching can be uh, just as confusing.
2: Yeah, but I mean, including, you know, I think Key Sanity, maybe that's one, you know, I did not care much for Key Sanity until I played it myself, and then I went, oh... It's actually pretty fun. I could see myself, you know, watching a lot, a little more key sanity, but her, to what her is saying, I think sprinkling it in may open those up to more people.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely willing to give it a shot. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to, um, you know, see the new round and uh, hopefully, you know, participate, get in there in some of these qualifiers, get my hands dirty. And, uh, yeah, so, so that is going to wrap up our news portion for this episode, Uh, Let's go ahead and get into the next segment. Uh, In this segment, we are going to talk about Castle Escape. So uh, just briefly, um, here on Go Mode Podcast, every episode we want to take a deep dive into one topic. We're going to start by going through all of the dungeons. We wanted to start with Castle Escape, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to start with it, right? It's the first dungeon in Vanilla, um, if you're playing in standard mode, you have to do it, so it's forced. And then, you know, in open mode, there are a lot of things to consider in terms of, you know, when do you go? Why should you go? What are you going to find there? You know, all of that good stuff. So we are going to begin here in on Episode 1 by talking about Castle Escape, and it's going to be sort of like a verbal walkthrough. And uh, uh, I'll be kind of guiding you through it, and Axiel and, and Herfie Derfie are going to kind of interject with some of their... Uh, Tips and thoughts and things like that. So let's go ahead for uh, just to make things a little simpler Let's assume that we're playing standard mode now a really common question that a lot of beginners ask or you know They'll pop into the discord and they'll say, you know I I don't know what to do like right off the bat The first question that somebody's going to ask them usually is is it raining or not? (laughs) because (laughs) if it's raining that means you're in standard mode. If it's not raining, that means you're in open. And to some of people, that might seem really obvious, but I I have seen that question a few times before. So if it's raining when you start, that's standard mode. Let's assume that that's kind of what we're what we're talking about first. All right. So go ahead.
2: Yep. So when you're in standard mode, uh, now you can either play Uncle Assured, which gives you a sword, which is frankly kind of boring um, you're always going to have the same escape and so the devs have, have mixed it up a bit and if you are playing standard mode you'll have typically what is called uh, uncle randomized and that is going to give you one of the following items you're either going to get the bow the fire rod, the ice rod the cane of Samaria or the, the red cane, the cane of Brina Brina, Brian, whatever it is I and think that's it's Berna, Berna. I think. Uh, and that's the blue cane the Hammer or Ten Bombs? Now, I don't know, for you guys, What of which of those do you like, which do you hate, and why?
0: I like the sword. <laughs> just give me, just, you know what, just, there's a whole button for it, just give me the sword, like, let me swing a sword, my name is Link. Oh, you know? you're so boring, Tim. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I really do just prefer the sword, but... You have to be a little bit good at, at kind of all of them. Um, I you I will say, you know, you probably are going to have to take um, a run or two to just kind of figure out how bombs work. Um, that's probably the toughest one. Would you guys agree?
2: Yeah, I would say so. So it's, you know, bombs and arrows are going to be the ones where you've got a limited amount of ammunition. You also sort of have that with the two canes and the two rods, but mm-hmm. there's a good amount of magic pickups. Bombs, however, you only get 10, and you're going to need all of those for, you know, fighting enemies. And you only have three hearts, so it's not like you can hold a bomb in your hand and just walk into the enemy. You have to know a bit about the pattern. So practicing bomb escape in terms of, you know, if you're looking at a value proposition is probably the best one to practice in uh, standard mode if that's what you're, you're going to practice.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite?
1: Uh, I, I would definitely agree that bombs and maybe cane of Berna are the two ones that I like the least. Kind of Burner just because it's not really hard. It's just annoying to manage your magic. Um, yeah. And bombs just is hard because of all the reasons that you guys mentioned. My favorite is, though I'll have to disagree with Exile here, my favorite is probably the bow, just because it's a pretty powerful weapon by itself. And it technically enables you to do an Eastern Palace check first instead of going your usual route to Kakariko and stuff like that i no doing that oh, yeah. is a little bit crazy, but it's just... I, I feel like the bow is the, one of the more interesting weapons that you can get.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the way I would end up ranking all of them is probably bow first in terms of what I want to see, then maybe hammer, then sword, and then between the rods and canes, they're pretty much equivalent because they're yeah. not going to open anything up that much. Maybe probably fire rod right above the others just because it's a fire source, and so if you get gloves and book that opens up desert uh and then bombs i guess the the kind of weird thing about bombs is one of the things you're going to look for when you go through the escape is a bomb so that you can get into that back room but with bombs you already have that so it does give you a little advantage there but the execution is much trickier personally i like getting the hammer to start with i'm pretty good at using the hammer and it opens up a lot i don't have to worry about you know oh i I'm not going to be able to get into Dark World because I'm missing the Hammer and the Hammer's in some obscure location. I've got that.
0: Yeah, you don't want to get trolled by the Hammer. So the sooner you see it, just the the happier you'll be in general. And in terms of your list, I would agree. You know, Hammer is great to find. Um, I love Sword, but I probably would rather have Bow or Hammer first just because there are more Swords out there and it's likely that I'll get a Sword after Escape and, you know, just be that further along in the progress of things. So um, now you mentioned Bombs. That is a really good point, um, and this will apply to open as well, but as you're working your way through escape, you're going to want to make sure you have at least one bomb in your back pocket for when you get to back of escape. Um, there are three items in a behind a bombable wall there that if you're not able to get them at this point, it's, it's okay because you can actually continue on, but you are going to have to probably go back and, and get those at some point, so uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but as you're waking your way through Escape, you know, you you go through a secret passageway, which that's actually separate from Castle Escape. Those are two separate items, but you make your way out of there, right? You go through the front door. You always see people go to the left there. And I wanted to just check with you guys real quick. Is it confirmed that left goes faster, or is that just like somebody's personal preference that everybody picked up on at some time?
1: I'm not 100% sure on that, to be honest, but I personally think it's just a uh, preference because you've got pots to throw at guards, which uh, gives you three or four more chances to maybe get a bomb drop. Uh, you've got hearts to refill if you absolutely need to.
0: Yeah, there's uh, uh, some pots with hearts in them at the end of the hall before you take a right and, and mm-hmm. go downstairs. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think the reason that left side is the way people tend to go is... When you are, if you have to go up and fight Aga One, and I know that's a little out of scope here, but the getting to Aga One from the left side is much quicker than going on the right side.
0: True. So you just kind of condition your brain, just kind of go there.
2: Yeah. Don't even think top. about the right. Yeah. Just always use the left because it's you know sort of mirrored. So the left and the right are similar, but not quite the same. So if you yeah. only have to memorize the left side, it makes it a little easier on your brain.
1: I uh, sure. I might just be talking out of my butt here, but another thing that just came to mind is maybe it has to do with uh, NMG strats for pumping because you always want to go up and left. Oh, that's so right. So you're going left to pump faster, and that's why you're going through the left way, right? Makes sense to me at least. Yeah, no, yeah, that it makes, makes a sense. Lot of
0: sense. Yeah, that's that's good knowledge. Wow, awesome. Boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, I mean the items thing, you know the the heart over there. I think we found a lot of really good evidence towards just you want to go left side it seems like that's that's the way to go so anyways as i mentioned and speaking of those, those uh, enemies over there if you have a hammer it makes it a little easier to just quickly kind of swat you know a guard down um, if you have the fighter sword it's going to take a couple slashes uh but in general if you you know also bow that's that's a quick killer too if you have one of those you probably want to try to be farming for a bomb um if it's not going to cost you too much time because you are going to need one
2: Yeah, and that's one of the tricks is with the magic-based items, you don't have all that many uses. Now, they're pretty easy to use, but you don't have that many uses. So farming, you're going to maybe not want to want to do that until you've already collected the big key near the end. But with the bow or sword or hammer, you should be killing pretty much everything that you run across until you get a bomb.
0: Absolutely, yeah, that's a good point. Magic and and arrow count, um, you don't want to run too low on those because there are some enemies that you're going to have to kill in order to be able to progress and if you don't have any arrows you're you're gonna have a bad time so good good point as well just being aware of the the weapon that you have having a little bit of experience in practice uh, can, can go a really long way so um, as you're making your way through the basement you're just kind of winding through best thing to do is just, you know, watch, watch some runs. And, and, you know, especially somebody you know, like we mentioned before, like Andy, the routing that he takes specifically, I can guarantee you it is the fastest because he is a uh, NMG speedrunner of this game. He has practiced every room countless times. I can assure you to find that exact fastest line. So if you really want to get serious about getting a six minute escape, which is kind of the, you know, what people sort of aim for, you know, then you can work on your lines. That being said, that should be kind of the last that should be some, sort of the icing on the cake in my opinion um you know getting just some general practice with bomb strats not really worrying about a perfect line but just being efficient and not wasting a lot of time for most players is, is going to be enough but you know if you're really looking to improve then, then check out some of those lines
2: yeah and to your point if you're in a standard mode race and you're getting a six thirty or 7 minute escape you're probably not going to lose because of those thirty seconds or one minute. It's gonna right. come down your execution later in the run. But yeah. it always, if you have the, if you've already got everything else down pat, and you know you feel your your play is pretty good, then yeah, getting that six minute escape is probably the next biggest thing that you could do in terms of improvement. But it shouldn't be the first or second or third on your list.
0: Right priorities, but you, you got to prioritize it absolutely. And it's on the list, but there are probably. Other things you you want to practice to work on get your time down so cool okay so you make your way down to zelda's cell a little bit of a distinction here from standard to open um which most of what we've been talking about actually is kind of applied to both but uh if you uh once you kill this ball and chain guard which we'll talk about here in a second and you collect zelda you can mirror out if you were lucky enough to find the mirror in one of those first few chests uh, but you cannot Death Warp, so you do have to make the trek back up. Don't get killed right there.
2: <laughs> and just don't save and quit either. That's going to just put you right back at your house with all the rain. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, so just want to make sure we talked about that. That being said, let's talk about this Ball and Chain Guard. Usually the best way to take care of it is just going to be to go up to the top grab some of those pots that have uh, hearts under them too, which is helpful, by the way. Two pots to the dome will uh, take the ball and chain guard out. So that is usually going to be your best bet. you guys have any other thoughts on dispatching this guy?
2: My only thought is if you have the hammer, because the hammer does tempered sword damage, it might True. be better to go in, throw one pot, and then hammer.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh... So save yourself a little time with the hammer. I just want to give a quick shout out to my favorite strategy for killing the ball and chain guard. Freezing the green guard in the room with the ice rod and then throwing that at the ball and chain guard. (laughs) Can you do that? Yes. Yes.
0: Wow. I did not know you could pick up frozen guards.
1: It will do uh, the same amount of damage as a pot, I believe. So two frozen guards to the dome will also kill that guy. And it is uh, a little time intensive, but definitely worth it, in my opinion. It's for viewers.
0: Yeah, it's for the people. Uh, Man, that is, (laughs) that's awesome. Um, Okay, so hammer will save you a little bit of time. Usually the pots are going to be best. If you want to just unload a bunch of arrows, you could probably do that pretty quickly too. But again, you want to watch your arrow count, especially if you're still bomb farming. So grab Zelda, grab whatever's in the chest there. If you're super lucky and it's mirror, by all means use that. But don't save and quit, don't death warp. You got to work your way back up. And uh, the fastest way to do that is over that sort of balcony um, that kind of uh, loops around the left side of the room with the bottomless pit. So um, again, you know, watch, watch some people do it. Check out their lines. Um, it can go a long way. Um, even just kind of subconsciously, you'll find yourself t- doing some of that stuff, which is good. So we'll make our way back up to the throne room. So we're back in the main area, and then you go straight. Uh, you'll have to push the throne away if you're in standard. In open, it'll already be open. In standard, you will get what is called a fake cone here. Uh, Do one of you guys want to explain what a fake cone is?
2: Yeah, sure. So a fake cone, uh, if when you have the lamp in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, it will provide a light cone for you if you're in what's known as a, a dark room. And the dark rooms in the game are this area of escape, um, Aghanim's Tower, uh, the old man area of the Death Mountain entrance, uh, part of uh, Eastern Palace, part of Pod, part of turtle rock and part of uh, misery mire those are the dark areas and if you have the lamp it'll provide a light cone otherwise it's pitch black but the randomizer devs knowing that not everyone can do dark rooms never require you to do a room without the lamp so because of that in standard you get a free light cone during the escape
0: right so you know, and if you, I guess, if you do find the lamp, then it's it's a real one. But even if you don't have it, um, in the interest of being able to finish, escape, and then start the game proper in standard mode, uh, you will have a light cone. Um, now, in open, you will not, and we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the repercussions of that. There is a single item chest in a dark room through here. So you'll make your way through. Again, you know, you're going to encounter some ropes, which is the official name for the snakes um uh also the keys, which is the really official name for the bats i don't know why they do this but they do um but you're gonna want to you know when you can get away with it especially there's one room with just a whole mess of ropes i think there's like six of them it is a dark room but if you know it's coming um you know a well-placed bomb or you know just some, some quick sword slashes hammer uh hammer hits can take these out and then that's usually what you'll see is kind of a last ditch effort to try to secure a bomb if someone doesn't have one at that point
2: yeah, and, and the other thing to watch out at this point is you're typically only on three, maybe four hearts, and right. the ropes do hit a good amount. So if you go into the back half of escape, as, as we like to call it, and you're only at, you know, you're you a health problem, um, and you're, say, with the hammer, which has got a very small hitbox, you might need to do some math in your head and say, is it worth it? to potentially take a death here if I miss this hammer shot to get a bomb, or is it easier to just play it safe and get out and come back?
1: Oh, by the way, speaking of deaths, uh, another thing that uh, the devs put in with a short little hotfix, I would call it, after they released this version was that if you should die or save and quit at some point here, uh, you get a little bit of a refill for your resources, so should you run out of arrows, bombs, magic, or any of the other weapons that require you to have resources like arrows, uh, you can save and quit or take a death, and it will refill you up to a certain point. It won't give you a full refill, but it's basically a soft lock prevention.
0: I did not know that.
2: Yep. So um. there, there are cases where you might be feeling a death is going to help you out because you've run out of magic and there's no pots around to get magic from.
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm glad we're doing this podcast. It's so I can learn too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So as you're making way through the, um, the sewer area, I guess we would call it. Um, there isn't one, there is one room where you're going to have to kill one of the rats in order to find a key. Do you guys have any tips for how to just, like, get this done really quick? Because sometimes I'm just chasing this thing all over the place.
1: Uh, Well, in general, you can't really predict it, obviously, because the rat movement is RNG. But what the key rat will generally do is uh, when you walk to the left after you enter that room, it will either come walking down at you towards the pot that you can pick up, or it will be up in the left little dead end area that you can um, walk to where it doesn't really go anywhere. And there's two rats on that side. One of them has the key and the other one is mostly useless unless it happens to drop a bomb for you or something. So what I usually do is I pick up that pot and walk upwards and then throw it. And I'm, I don't want to overestimate it, but I would say at least seven or eight times out of ten, it'll hit the key rat and drop the key for me. Cool.
2: Yep. And that's the last enemy you have to kill. So if you're down to just a couple of arrows or a couple of uh, you know, cane hits this is the time to make sure you get that hit and then you don't have to worry about it.
1: Yep. Yeah, this this key red is really what you're saving all your resources for at the end there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so once you make your way out of the dark rooms, you'll come to what we commonly refer to as back of escape. So now is the time to use that bomb that you've been farming for and, and saving this whole time. You'll see uh, two bombable walls over to the left. They both lead to the same room. You're probably just going to want to take the one on the bottom because it's closer. In fact, do yourself an extra favor. Lay the bomb as soon as you walk into the room. Pick it up and then throw it. That way you don't have to wait for the bomb timer. It's a common bomb trick. So get in there, grab those three items. Those have... those have. Uh, progression a lot of times I feel like and I don't have anything to back that up but it's three quick ones right at the very beginning of the game and I feel like a lot of times you're gonna find at least something where you're like oh that's nice you know so it really is best if you can get into this room at the beginning now if you were not lucky and you unfortunately were not able to secure a bomb which does happen it's okay you can come back to this area later Um, And the logic knows that you can do that the logic knows that you might not have been able to get in there So in order to come back and now we're kind of talking about, you know Well, I guess this can happen in standard too Uh, In order to come back You're going to need the gloves and you're going to need to come in from the uh, graveyard uh, From a grave in the top left there. It's covered by some rocks You pick those up you push it you fall down and you're back into that room. We call back of escape um, Hopefully with a bomb this time so you can go in and grab those that is also really close to Sanctuary, which, as we all know, is one of the places you can start. So it is somewhat quick to go grab that again. But obviously the fastest way is to just have a bomb when you first get there.
1: Uh, I also want to quickly mention here that I have seen a couple of seats, even though it's very few and far between, where um, the glove being hidden in one of those three chests, uh, the only way to get back there was to complete the trek through the sewers again, basically, and do escape a second time. Yeah,
0: that is mean.
2: Yeah, And one other thing I want to point out is those uh, walls, in addition to being bombable, are also dashable. So if you Mm -hmm. picked up the boots during escape and you didn't get a bomb, you can still get in there.
0: That's a really good point, yeah. Um, Cool, okay, so in terms of standard, uh, that about wraps it up. Now, there are some points to be made. Uh, To be honest, there's a little bit more nuance that goes into handling escape when you're in open mode because you don't have to start so you don't get some of those safeties you know like Herf was talking about how you can get a refill things like that so you you know you don't get a a, a guaranteed weapon for instance from from uncle um so first things first you have to make sure before you go to escape that you have some way to uh, attack because there are some rooms where you have to kill a guard in order to progress now that doesn't uh that's not the case for the secret passageway which you will actually see a lot of folks when they do an open seat, they will make a beeline for a uh, secret passageway, which has two items. You know, one is Uncle, the other is the other, you know, treasure chest back there. Um, and then Save and quit and go somewhere else. That's a little different. But for escape proper, you're essentially looking at six items. One of them is going to be uh, lamp locked, which is that dark room chest, um, which, you know, if you know your dark room, you can go in. And then depending on how the keys are laid out, you can either move through that dark room to get to back of escape that way, or it will be impossible, and you will actually have to drop in from the graveyard up top. Do you guys have any other kind of you know general comments you wanna make about how to handle escape in uh, open?
2: Yeah, so when I think escape in open, I think of it in three different fashions. You've got the front of escape, uh, which I include the secret passage there because it's real easy to hit yeah. right as you do with front, the back of escape with three items, and then dark escape. Dark Escape I put as the lowest priority because the item that's there is going to be lamp locked and even if you can access it, if you don't have and you can do the dark room, you may not want to go in there because it's you know it has to whatever item is there has to be after the lamp. So you got to really think about whether it's worth the time to navigate that dark room because while it's not one of the hardest dark room out there, it's not as easy as say the old man. Escape, you know, the old man in the cave in Death Mountain. So I tend to really lowly prioritize that one. As far as the front and the back, the front I try to do, you know, pretty early on if I am thinking I have an item that I can actually get through escape with. But the back I only do whenever I've got the gloves so I can just
1: jump into the back and not have to go all the way through.
0: Okay. Uh, Herfie, do you have any thoughts?
1: Mm, I think you guys covered pretty much everything that I would say about open mode as well, as far as uh, how to get through there.
0: Okay. Um, Let me just, uh, I want to take a look at our notes here, just make sure that we we do get to everything. As I mentioned, there are six items, but there are eight item locations because, um, you know, as as most of us probably know, in addition to the items, we have a couple other things that are mixed in there. One of them is the map uh, for... Standard and open mode, anytime you see a map or a compass pop up in a treasure chest, just pretend that's like a whammy. That's like a nothing. Uh, That's basically, you know, we all know what that does in vanilla ALTTP. You know, the map lets you see your way around the dungeon. The compass lets you see the location of chests and the boss and all that. That's useless to us because we, uh, there's kind of a pre-assumed knowledge of A Link to the Past, you know, going in when you play Randomizer. So... We, we don't need maps to the, to the dungeon, so that's nothing. So, that being said, and, and to Axiel's point, with that dark chest, you might be lucky enough to have the map pop up in that chest, and so I would strongly encourage you to count the items that you're getting out of uh, Castle Escape, both the front and the back. If that adds up to six, then don't take the time to go down to that dark chest, because you're not gonna be happy with what you find. In addition to uh, the map, there's also a key. Uh, There's one small key that's mixed into this pool of eight. That one is a little bit more important because if you find that key and you find the map in both the front of escape and the back of escape, then that chest does indeed have an item. And just completely anecdotally, yesterday I played a seed and I found the ding-dang mirror in the dark escape. So sometimes you gotta go check it out. It it all just kind of depends. But don't be caught going down there to check it uh, and not getting an item for, for your trouble. Yeah. Um, and a lot of trackers don't have uh, item counts for, at least not the one I do, uh, don't have item, the, the, the one that I use uh, doesn't have an item tracker for Castle Escape. It's got one for all the other dungeons, uh, even Ganon's Tower, which who cares at that point. Um, but it doesn't have one for Castle Escape, so I strongly encourage you to keep track of that on your own because it can save you some time.
2: Yeah, and even in Standard, if you've opened seven chests and gotten seven items, you know the map's in that last chest in Sanctuary, so don't open it.
0: Oh, yeah, and Sanctuary is a part of that. I wanted to mention that because I actually, you know, when I was doing research for this episode, that was not something that I was 100% clear on until I actually thought about it and said, oh, yeah, sometimes you do get a map in there. Sometimes you get a key. That is considered part of Castle Escape, so that, that could potentially be your um sixth item there's six items there i think uh, Ax just said seven accidentally oh yes sorry yeah it's okay there's a map and a key uh in the pool of eight which leaves us six items but one of them could be sanctuary so yeah good point keep that in mind too anything else to say about castle escape i feel i feel pretty good about that knowledge you
1: know i feel like we cover pretty much everything here
2: so in, in standard i'm not a big fan of escape it's probably one of my least favorite areas uh in open i like it a little bit more but it's never gonna move to like it's always a mid-tier kind of dungeon to me it's it's not great it's not awful it just is sort of there
1: yeah uh
0: yeah learning learning the key logic and actually getting a, a handle on what items are where has definitely been very helpful for me um i certainly do kind of struggle with you know going to get those three items it's it's a lot more helpful when you have the mirror i will say because you know you're going all the way down into the into the earth into zelda's cell um hopefully you're either setting up a death warp which by the way also i tried to set up a death warp yesterday uh and i collected a quarter heart piece and it filled up my entire health and i had like you know 12 hearts so (laughs) that can be frustrating so i'm a lot more likely to check when i have the mirror for sure um it's really easy to check back of escape, but, you know, if you're doing RTA and, and you're racing, you're in a tournament situation, you know, every save and quit is a pretty substantial amount of time added. So doing a save and quit to go to back of escape and then save and quitting immediately out of there could be a little time consuming. That's why I also like to, you know, before I do back of escape, make sure that I do have that key and or lamp um and then one of these days i'll learn that stupid dark room we will do an episode just about completely about dark rooms i promise you that because i want to learn them myself so yeah
2: it's (laughs) learning the dark rooms isn't probably other than boss execution the easiest way to gain a lot of time in your runs but it's pretty challenging when you start out doing it because you're just walking around in the dark
0: but yeah anyway we'll we'll cover that in another episode but uh, I believe that's going to wrap up uh, this episode, episode one of Go Mode. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, continuing on, talking about some more news, bringing you some more uh, you know, tips and tricks and things like that. Uh, we do have a Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Go Mode Podcast. Um, so we'll be uh, tweeting uh, whenever we put out episodes and if things are going to be you know, late. You know, so be sure to check, check the Twitter. If you have questions, you can tweet at us as well. How can people find you, Axiel, if, if they want to check you out? Yeah,
2: so probably the best way to do that is my Twitch channel. Uh, that's going to be S-A underscore axial. That's A-X-E-I-L. And uh, I pretty much only play Randomizer. And uh, anytime I do a run, I will put the seed in there. So if you 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 know, you watch me play through it and you go, man, I kind of wonder how I would do, uh, you can always use that seed. But uh, probably going to be the best way to get a hold of me.
1: Cool. Okay, Herfie Derfie. Yeah, for me, it's probably my Twitch account as well, uh, twitch.tv slash Uh I stream all kinds of things. I just recently got done with Lama Lana 2. Uh, I've recently streamed Unavowed, which is a point-and-click adventure game. Uh, you're probably going to see some Monster Hunter World in the near future. And uh, I plan on streaming some more rando seeds again as well. I need to get back into the groove of things.
0: Cool. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitch as well, uh, twitch.tv slash timp underscore... Was not able to secure that TIMP. I had to go with the TIMP underscore. So that's where you can find me there. I pretty much exclusively play Randomizer, maybe once a week or so. Um, so uh, you can find us there. Um, I also uh, want to give another shout out to Randoguide.com. That's the website that I created that defines uh, terms and phrases that you hear in Randomizer Community. If you heard us say anything that we maybe accidentally kind of just glossed over, um, maybe check out Randoguide.com. That might have the, uh, the information you're looking for. And uh, you can also submit, uh, you know, requests for new terms to add. Um, and, and please feel free to do so uh, using the contact form on that site. But I think that is going to do it for us. Uh, so thank you guys again so much for joining. Again, I'm Tim.
1: And I'm Axiel. And I'm Herfie Durfie.
0: All right, Herf, go ahead and get us out of here.
1: Yeah, thanks again, guys, for listening. And time to mirror out.